1: great Scott! show sponsored by suit up it is the eight o'clock hour it is a wednesday and uh, he is here in person associate head baseball coach of louisiana's raging Cajuns. can you hear me now
0: I can hear you. Just all as right well as i wanted to what there about we, now there we there go, go. got to get that sound in the all headphones systems are go now
1: you know sometimes you start off a game and doesn't start out the way you, you want but you settle in
0: mm-hmm. no doubt
1: You guys are settled in. Seven and two. How do you feel so far about the first nine?
0: Well, well, I mean, we feel great, obviously. You know, you get seven out of your first nine off to a great start. But just like in any sport, in any game, you got to keep going, man. It doesn't, you know, we don't just play nine games. We've got 50, well, we've got 48 more, 47 more, you know, hopefully. 47 more uh, during the regular season and then more after that. So, it's a day-in and day-out grind that, that you've got to prepare for. You know, last night's win was great. We played a great base baseball game. But at two fifteen, we take off for Lake Charles today, and the is going to be waiting on us.
1: How, so, uh, you know, I think by the time you guys play Houston Baptist on Sunday in the last game of the weekend series, that's 13 games over 17 days. Yeah. When I talk to Coach Deggs about it, he's just like, I, I love it. You know, I look at the guys in the in the clubhouse I'm like, you guys want to play professionally cuz this is what it's like. It is constant. You're always playing. He's like, I right. wish I could play every day. Yeah. Um ha- ha- is his approach to scheduling different than than Robes was early in a season?
0: Scheduling games, his approach yeah. to scheduling games. I mean, you're the one that's scheduling it, but I know that right. there's
1: input in terms of what the coach might want to do in yeah, terms of No, people.
0: they're really the same. They really are. You know, both Ghost Robe like to play a tough schedule and wanted to to play as good a competition as we could could because he felt that that just made you better for down the road, which is what we're shooting for, which is what we're playing for April, May, June. So the better competition you can play in the early part of the pre-conference schedule, I guess, I we feel the better it's going to make you. You know, it's kind of the same as what the softball program has done. They played some some tough competition a few games, yeah. you know, and that's going to make them better for the conference season and, and down the road. I, I look at latech and um Talking about
1: good competition, and I know you guys swept the, the the weekend series last night. But just the pitching you guys have had against them, considering if you take away their two games against UL, and you look at their other five games this season, they're batting three seventy eight against Cajuns. They're batting one sixty one now. Arigetti last week, but Connor Cook looked comfortable tonight. You guys rode with him even in that bases loaded jam. The the pin came in, uh, Angel and. Um, uh, two others, Tally, Tally, yeah, and Nelson, and and, and, and Jason Nelson. Where you, you guys told us all, hey, look, we got a lot of pitching depth, but I see what you guys do against the team that can really swing the stick in La Tech, and I'm, I, I don't get me wrong, I'm impressed with the pitching on the weekend, but the two games against Tech, I think, is what's maybe impressed
0: me the most in terms of the arms. I saw that stat that you just referred to last night as well, and that really is remarkable. You know, from three seventy eight to one sixty one, and. Coach Gaspard, one of the assistants at Tech, who coached me here and coached here with Coach Bollinger for a for a while. It, we were talking before the game yesterday and he said prior to our first game, they were they were rolling pretty well with the bats, which, you know, evident by that three seventy eight and he said, Y'all kinda of put us in a little a little funk, you know, for a couple of days and so yesterday was the same, but when you get an outing like Aragetti and and what Dirk was able to, um, not Dirk, I'm sorry, Cook was able to do yesterday, and like you mentioned, followed up with Tally and Nelson and, and Angel. Those those are guys that they can really get it done. And when they have their when they're on their game, they're going to be tough for for anybody. They really will.
1: Associate head baseball coach Anthony Babino, our guest, he joins me throughout the season on Wednesdays at 8 a.m. If you have a question. 269-1077. You can always email me. I know a lot of you do it that way. Scott at ESPN1420.com. And you can uh, tweet us. At ESPN1420 is the handle. Um, Connor Cook last night, I think Deg's noted this as much, but um, his tempo, every, everything about his composure last night, he seemed to be, I think people hear the word relaxed and think nonchalant, and that's not what it is. He just seemed to be more comfortable, the tempo was good, um, and overall, I mean, his, I think Deg said, the, I don't know the exact quote, but it was, he looked like a starter tonight, not a guy that typically is a bullpen guy that's just starting because it's a busy week.
0: He looked like a starter last night. Right, and that's when Connor can be his best because every once in a while he has a tendency to get too amped up, let emotions take over a little bit, and when he can control those emotions, slow things down, I think that's a great way to put it, the way Matt put it last night. He looked like a starter, not a bullpen guy that we just said, okay, who's going to start today? We don't have any more starters. Let's start a bullpen guy. You know, that's that's what it looked like. It looked like he was a true starter, and he was able to manage a good hitting lineup for five innings. From from the outside, as I'm
1: watching you guys, other than the, 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 the LSU game – um and I don't, I don't, I wouldn't even call that a letdown. I mean, there was just some errors and, and and you lost, but other than that, the extra innings open there against Tulane, you guys fought hard. There really hasn't been any kind of letdown. It seems like within a game, if it's all right, we gave up a few this inning. There's there's like a quick bounce back. Is that scrap, as some of the players put it? Do you feel like that's starting to become the mentality of this team?
0: Well, I sure hope it is because you know we we call it a response. We we use the word respond like the word the in our in our locker room in our program you know that's we feel that's one of the most important things are, that you can never do is respond from something whether it be a loss getting knocked down getting disappointed with some sort of outcome is to respond so we challenge them all the time to respond you know they score 1 we score 2 they score 2 we score 4 and that's the mentality at least so far that this group has taken and if that can continue, then that's going to obviously serve us very well as we, you know, navigate this schedule, this this tough schedule. It doesn't get any easier with Houston Baptist this weekend. You know, they're a very, very respectable program. Then you've got Southern Miss, you've got Mississippi State, you've got TCU. Then you open up conference with Coastal Carolina. I mean, it's a night in and night out process. And speaking of earlier, the, the tiredness that, guys could possibly get from playing so often and, and the stretch of right. games, you really – there's no time to bleed. There really isn't because the competition continues to stiffen and it just keeps coming. Anthony
1: bavano I guess. We talked before the season about the depth of the team a lot and
0: <clears throat> the importance
1: and, and the, the NCAA allowing unlimited number of, of roster spots this year and how in a year with COVID still in the shadows, how important that is. How poor has it been just with this this many games all at once? you mentioned guys being tired um how much of the depth is these guys earned it? they deserve some some time, and how much of it is these other guys are tired so let's let's use our depth here
0: well, the depth that we've used is because we've needed those guys to manage ball games and and win ball games. You know you've seen how many pitchers we can use throughout a game that's because we have the ability to match up same thing with position players and what's yeah the expanded roster is great but what also is great is when you have the depth that we have and not just depth to say you have depth usable depth Mm -hmm. guys that we can pull off the bench to pinch run to play defense to get a pinch hit base hit late in the game you know the fact that the depth is usable. It gives those quote unquote everyday guys a chance to take a day off, get some rest, and we not lose too much. You know, Brendan Bro is able to have a couple of days off because of the uh, you know, Connor Kemple, Ben Fitzgerald, Bobby Leday, so any any of the guys, you know, guys that we replace them with or can get the job done. So but if that wasn't the case then those same guys are going out there night in and night out, and then you, you know, you're talking about a little bit of fatigue possibly setting in sure. and, and affecting things and the outcomes of games. So fortunately, like I mentioned, you know the, the start that we've gotten off to is great, and, and that's because we lose the entire club in several games that we've been in.
1: Is the hardest decision this year going to be when you get to conference play and it's,
0: what, 27 players that you can have for a series? That's correct. Is that going to be the most difficult decisions you guys got to make this year, week to week? It's going to be one of the more difficult ones for sure because you don't you don't get to use that entire bench. You don't get to use all of that depth that is, like i just mentioned, is usable usable depth. So that it's going to be a little tougher now than just having the whole roster at at your fingertips. Now
1: I know that's the rule for conference play. Is that the same once you get to potentially tournament play? Like, or is it? Pretty much once you get the conference play like that, the rest of the way, with excuse me, with the exception of a midweek, nine conference game.
0: That's correct. Once you get into conference play, it's 27, conference tournament 27, regional 27, super 27. At, from, from then on, that's correct.
1: But midweek, you can kind of just
0: so what about there's yeah, midweek, there's no roster limitations.
1: Now, you guys travel to Coastal, and there's that extra game at the end that's a Non conference game technically, but you have to travel there, so you're probably still stuck with the same 27
0: in a game like that. They come to us here. Oh, that so, game is here.
1: So on that Monday, y'all can just kind of let
0: loose then. They'll be, they'll be, they'll have only 27, right? Unless they take more with them. A lot of times, what teams do, and we do the same thing when we travel, you don't just take the 27 um, that you're going to play, you don't take much more than that, but and it, you don't take them because if somebody gets injured, You can replace them because once the 27 is set and turned in on Friday night, it doesn't matter what happens. You can't pull anybody up. But you always practice on Thursday afternoons, so there could be potentially something that would happen on a Thursday afternoon where if you've got a couple extra guys or sometimes you just want guys in the dugout because they help with whatever. They're, They're great for the dugout. They're great for team chemistry. They keep a really great chart, which is very important as well. So we usually take... You know, around 30, I'd say 31 possibly, uh, on trips with us, even even though we can only play 27 and those 27 have to be declared.
1: espn 1420 and com. Anthony Babino, our guest. The Cajuns back at it tonight against McNeese State. Um, pre-game at 5.30 right here and uh, first pitch at 6 o'clock. A lot to get into here with Bab, but a number of other things I want to hit on. Um, got a couple of batters on the team, batting 444, no biggie. We'll dig into that. Uh, the constant comparisons for C.J. Willis from Coach Degg's, a little backstory I got out of C.J. last night in regards to that. And consistency through the lineup. Um, a, a kind of a, a specific coaching questions about an approach to something in practice when it comes to hitting. We're going to ask Coach Babb about that and more. If you have any questions, hit us up. Scott at ESPN1420.com. Here's, uh, here's one we have right here. This one is from a listener named Jacob. He says, could you please ask, Bab about the pinch hit from Cofield over the weekend? I thought it was a big
0: moment. It was indeed a big moment. And just going back to the depth that we have and guys that we have at our disposal to pinch hit, whether it be righty-lefty, depending on what another team is doing with their with their pitchers, He came in, and it was a big moment. It really was. Uh, He got a big knock for us right there, drive in a run. I believe that was with two outs. You know, and he's a guy that just, he works. He works while he waits, to borrow a phrase from Tony Robichaux. You know, he he prepares all the time, and and he's always at the front of the dugout, and, and he works hard in practice so that, you know, when he gets an opportunity, you know, he was ready for that opportunity. You know, he was able to... Stay patient as we've gone through these first few games without having many opportunities. And when he did get his opportunity, we, he delivered. And that's what we ask our guys to do, just to be ready and be patient, but, but keep working so that you deserve some success when you get your name called.
1: All right, don't go anywhere. We'll come back at the question regarding a particular approach to some hitting in practice. We'll talk about C.J. Willis. Um, nicknames on the roster. We know one uh, in terms of what they call Jeff Wilson. I imagine there's a few others. A lot coming your way. Don't go anywhere. It's ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. The ESPN 1420 Listen Live Player is brought to you by Champagne's Market in the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Be
0: bold. Train for that.
1: Back. into the great Scott show sponsored by suit up visiting with associate head baseball coach for louisiana's raging cajuns anthony babino bab um showing you a picture of my daughters when we were uh, in the break and i know you have two daughters one of which is what is she the prep athlete of the week or something she uh she had a pretty good pretty good weekend
0: she did she did she did her team did you know same she's Sophomore for the St. Thomas Moore women's soccer team. And they've got a great program. And and they've been fortunate to win a lot of state championships there. And they won it last year. And they made it all the way to the state championship game again this season. And they got it done, a 4-2 win over, over Lakeshore. They had a great game. Was she the MVP of the game? She was.
1: As a sophomore? She was. I know you're over there just trying to keep it together. But there's, there's a part of you that's just, I mean, that that's got to make you proud.
0: Well, absolutely it does. I mean, she had a great game. her teammates had a great game the uh everybody put forth a great effort and and she happened to be in the right spot at the right time and put the ball in the back of the net a couple of times and and got named m v p but yeah, just a very proud moment and very glad that I had an opportunity to be there. you know I, I missed our game this past Friday to be there and and not that I liked missing our game at all. I hated it, but the fact that I was able to be there for her and I can imagine not being there with, with the way things went down, you know, them winning the game, mm-hmm. her getting awarded the MVP. And if I wouldn't have been there, I'd, I don't know if I'd ever, ever forgiven myself. So it was great. It, I had a great, great afternoon and great night.
1: You know, I'm glad you, you mentioned that because um, as important and as passionate as you are about your work and your job, that's something that I know was big with Robe. I know it's the same with Degs. If there is this kind of, once-in-a-lifetime type of family moment and there's a game schedule and, you know, you're not in the World Series or anything, both of these guys are going to say, if you go to them, they're going to say, yeah, like, good. I mean, it's not like you're going to – I know you're not planning on missing any more games this year, but you, right. the fact that you're you're somewhere – I mean, you've been here a long time, but the fact that you, you work with, um, you know, a coach and, and a program that – is is not saying, look, you got to focus on this first. When it's those big moments, I'm sure there was no hesitation for you or worry of, man, if I ask him, what are they going to say, or, or well, I do I mean, even have to? ask I didn't him even have to ask them, because right. like when he
0: found out that the game was at the same time, he told me, he said, don't even think that you're going to miss her game, right? You know, so it was, yeah, fortunate that that I was able to be there, and it was it was really great. The team was great, as I said, and, and she had a, a good night, and and it was a great moment for for her and me, and her mom and her sister it was just it was great
1: That's awesome man
0: Well I'm I'm uh, happy for her and you guys and uh it's
1: been interesting from afar seeing her back when she was just really little young and now I'm like wait she's, a, she's yeah, the see, MVP
0: of the game Seemed like yesterday doesn't it Happens
1: fast man It does Well you used to see my kid at church when he was like I know. 8 <laughs> months now he's I know you, know, you showed me that picture six. I couldn't believe
0: how how big he was Yeah he uh
1: it's 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 fun man So this kind of, I'm segueing back into Cajun baseball, but before I get into the CJ Willis, Mark McLemore thing, Mark McLemore played in major leagues for 19 years, had the nickname Super Sub because he could play all these different positions. Uh, that's who Deggs has said CJ Willis is like quite a bit. Um, I asked CJ about it last night. He's like, well, because CJ was four when, you know, uh, McLemore played his last game. I said, do you know about him? He's like, funny you ask he said coach steggs told me to go research him and get back to him Uh and he's like and then it turned out it's one of my dad's favorite players because he was a rangers fan he's like but i like it you know he didn't get into too many i should have asked him so what did you learn but but i know matt did um do you guys are are y'all starting to call him macklemore or
0: something or is it just cj no it's just it's still just cj you know you do that a lot You, you tend to liken players to either big leaguers or guys that you've had in college before that their game resembles um, someone else. So we do that a lot. Matt does that a lot, tells players that they remind him of this guy. And, and normally it's older guys, you know, like because it's guys that we –
1: Because you're old. Let's just say it. <laughs> we're older. We're, old. we're older.
0: Put E-R at the end of it, always. Right. Older. <clears throat> so it's guys that we watched coming up. So when you drop these those names like – A few years back, I told the player, we had a leadoff player, leadoff guy, a little gritty guy, left-handed hitter. I told him he reminded me of Lenny Dykstra. And he looked at me like, I mean, for all he was concerned, Lenny Dykstra could have been a a country music singer, you know? And I just was floored. I'm like, man, you don't know who Lenny Dykstra is. How, How? But to his credit, like you mentioned, CJ being four, when Mark McLemore was in his heyday,
1: well, Mac- so, Michael Moore retired, In his heyday, CJ wasn't even born yet.
0: I well, don't think. True,
1: but in this regard, I hope you didn't tell that leadoff guy to go look up everything about Lenny Dykstra because no. he would have gotten a lot more
0: no, than no. he bargained for. No, no I was <laughs> I was strictly referring Lenny, to his game baseball, and the right. way he played it. Yeah, for yeah, sure.
1: is uh, Lenny Lenny's yeah he's he's still in the news for reasons other than baseball. Um, who was your favorite player as
0: as a kid? Well, I was a middle infielder, second baseman shortstop. I had a huge poster of Ryan Sandberg on my wall in my room, second baseman for the Cubs. So I would say it was between him and Craig Biggio, second baseman for the Astros. Those were those are my two favorites. Did you root for both teams or one or the other? Well, I, I rooted for both teams. I mean, I rooted for the Astros, obviously. That's kind of our hometown team, right, the closest team to, to professional baseball team to here. The Cubs, I just, I would just watch him play. I wouldn't necessarily say I rooted for the Cubs. Mm -hmm. I just, I rooted for Ryan Sandberg. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. ESPN 1420. Uh, Jeff
1: Wilson, a guy that um, I think I I was asking Coach Dex about on Monday. I was like, might not get a ton of headlines or coverage, but seems like a a glue kind of guy. And he told me his name was what? The Boss, but in
0: Spanish? El Jefe.
1: So where did that come from?
0: I don't know that kind of just came I don't know if he got it from Jeff you know just pronouncing the hefe. J with a h yeah, yeah. f Hef, jeff hefe I, I don't know but but he gets up there and he he does his thing like a boss he sure does it's just quiet goes about his business but just gets up there and and gets it done fills the strike zone up and and he's just kind of a Kind of a mentor kind of for all these guys, like a father figure type, you know, because he's an older guy and and he's quiet, goes about his business, takes care of everybody. So Jeff's a a huge asset to our pitching staff and to our baseball team.
1: Any any other players have nicknames this year?
0: I mean, it's a baseball team. I imagine there's a few. You know, everybody goes by their last name, their initials. Uh, I'm trying to. You know Nelson, Nelly, sure, B J. No, his coaching staff. But you know Beach put them together. B J. Beach. So
1: so really Not, it, nothing really that I can think. Jeff of. Jeff is
0: really the one that's just El Jefe. It's... Well, Carter Robinson, we call him Big Thunder. There you go. You know I think we should call him Hawaii because his name is five zero. I mean his number is fifty five zero. But if I'd start calling him Hawaii, I know our guys would say, Why are you calling that? Because they surely don't know what Hawaii five <laughs> zero is, right? <laughs> Surely they don't know what Hawaii Five O. At is. what
1: point, Bab, did you become an old school guy in the clubhouse? I mean, you've been there. You've been with the program for thirty-one years. Was there a moment in time where you're like, "Shoot, man!" Like do oh, you, you mean, remember? You a, mean
0: when I realized that?
1: Yeah. Was there a moment in time yes, when you were on the yes, staff where you're like, yes, "Okay, I'm yes, officially."
0: Yes, I will tell you when it was. It was probably. I wish it was just the other day, but it, <laughs> but it was probably, and I don't remember the year six, seven, eight years ago, maybe nine, maybe 10. I don't know. It's when I recruited a kid whose parents, I think it was his mom. Dad was close to the same age, but his mom graduated high school the same year as me. That was it. That 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 was was the moment for me. I'm like, you know, I made the call to the kid and, and, or, or talk to the parents, this and that, and just you know, and getting to knowing the the family, and where'd you go to school, this and that. You know, you just talk about all sorts of things. Or things come up, in 1989. I'm like, oh, that's when I <laughs> that's when I graduated <laughs> high school. And I'm recruiting your kid. Oh boy, I've been doing this for a while here. It's been a minute. It's been yeah, a minute. It now has you're, been you're a minute. it's
1: just older, not it's old. E R man. But always, always tell put, people.
0: I can see. I can agree to. Yeah. Getting older, right? Because we all are. But old, Mm-mm. just a number. Can't do it. I was talking to, do it. to Tim Buckley about UL hoops, I
1: guess, last month, and then we started going on a rant about some aspects of social media. And at one point, he was like, "I'm an old school guy." And I told him after—I mean, I was joking with him. He laughed, but I told him after, "I'm like Tim. You know, when you say I'm an old school guy, what you're really just saying is I'm—I'm I'm old. Like that's—that's." That's, <laughs> he he chuckled. Now, yeah, look, what you
0: should say is, I have an old school mentality. I, that's
1: there it is. It's all about semantics. Now yeah. I'm I'm um, younger than you. I'm not saying I'm young. <laughs> I see how you um, put an er on the end of it. But uh, I realized I'd been doing this a minute because uh, I still feel like I haven't. It was actually Hayden Cantrell. I remember talking to him his freshman year. <laughs> he was like, "Oh yeah," he's like Scott Brady, Yeah, yeah. Uh, I used to listen to U and Jay. with like with I've listened to you with like you guys on the radio with my dad since I was like five. I was like. Five and then like he's just guy that's about to get drafted, you know. I'm like, all right, it's yep. There, there we are. Anyway, uh-huh. all right. So, so getting back to baseball here for a minute. Um, this this is a. Uh, I'm going to try my best to see if I can ask it the right way. So, you guys have had some games. Jay and I were talking about this yesterday morning, where you have a number of guys that have maybe three hits. Pair of guys, another guy has a hit, and then the rest of the lineup there might not be any hits. Um, Last night, I think it was four guys with a hit, or five guys with a hit or more, four guys without. But in terms of the approach to that practice, you've seen some guys, they'll get a good lick at a fastball, maybe another one just goes foul, then a slider and it's a grounder or something. The aggression at the plate coupled with patience for the right pitch. Does that make sense? How How do you guys practice that?
0: Well, that's a tough question because, and that's a tough thing to practice, you know, being aggressive. But I think it's it's being aggressive on your pitch is more so the mentality than just being flat-out aggressive. You know, we want to be aggressive on our pitch, especially the fastball. You know, we want to always be on time, never be late to the heater you know hunt the fastball and then adjust to everything else you have to always be ready for the fastball if you're not ready for the fastball you know unless you're sitting on a breaker or off speed and you get it you can have success but if you're if you are sitting slow and you get something fast it it won't work i mean your best hope can, is for a foul ball in the opposing dugout to stay alive for one more pitch you know, so I think it's 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 being aggressive for your pitch and and in practice man i mean we we constantly the mentality is aggressive really in everything that we do, whether it be at the plate defensively on the bases, but we have parameters within that aggression you know we have have certain certain um conditions, I guess is the right word, that we play at within that aggression. You know, whether it be, you know, I think I mentioned one time, you know, playing at a zero, playing at a 10, we want to play, you know, between five and seven, something like that. So it's not necessarily aggression all the time without regard for anything else. It's, It's aggression at our particular pitch. And as far as the way you practice it, it's just, reps. It's over and over and over and just learning the strike zone, knowing what you, you know, and counts also because certain counts let you be more aggressive. You know, offensive counts, as you know, two o three one, you know, be aggressive. We don't, we don't care what the pitch is. Just if, it's, if you swing and miss, you swing and miss, you know, but just, you know, the worst thing in the world for me, and I think you would agree with me, this is one of the worst things in the world, is when you're in a 2-0 count, when you need a a three oh count and you're not on time and it's a weak ground ball or a lazy fly ball or mm-hmm. something like that in those offensive counts and I know the pitcher has a lot to do with that a lot of times you know especially pitchers that can execute and you know throw two o sliders or, or back up a little bit on the fastball and and not just like in high school or little league when you get in those counts you just sit dead red right down the middle and that's where the ball is going to be right but not so much as you get higher in the ranks but so you definitely want to be on time in those situations and and but going back to your question it's it's just a repetition and and keeping that aggressive mindset but learning the strike zone and learning when to use it.
1: Coach DeGgs said Carson uh Forte is about as I don't remember his exact quote but it was essentially what you're saying in terms of that aggression coupled with just not ever rarely taking a bad pitch rarely taking a hack at a bad one just has a great feel for it he's batting 433 he was batting 500 going into last night um his freshman can play Degs. I, I i mean excuse me bab i've got uh, a couple emails just saying please ask about him please ask about him uh, i hate to be the the media guy that says hey talk about But could you talk about Carson a little bit and um, what you see in practice from him and and just his impact on the roster?
0: Well, the thing about Carson, and it's kind of the same thing with with Hayden Dirk on the pitching side of things. Every once in a while you get freshmen in the program, you get young guys that are more mature than – I don't want to say that then they should be because by the time you're a freshman in college, you should, you know, have gone through the maturation process and and learn how to do things the right way and handle yourselves in certain situations. But a lot of times that's not the case. They have to learn it as they meander their way through college. But every once in a while, you get a guy that comes in and can kind of handle everything around him with ease can handle different situations, doesn't get flustered. The moment's not too big for them. You know, Hayden Cantrell, you, we just mentioned Hayden earlier. He's one of those guys, Blake Trahan, one of those guys. And there's been tons of guys like that, you know, on the pitching side. Uh, Hunter Moody, Kevin Ardwin, Craig Shambo, just guys that can come in that first year and the moment not be too big for them. And Carson is one of those kids, and really the same as what Matt said. He he doesn't offer at bad pitches. He knows the strike zone and he's just a well-rounded player. Plays defense great. Has a great arm. You know, he's got a lot of tools uh, that he's able to use and we're glad that he's on our team for sure. And, and, you know, when you can take an 0 for 4, I believe, like he did last night and you know, drops you to only four forty four. You know that you've gotten off to a really good start.
1: C.J. Willis batting that as well. Um, that versatility. I know we were talking earlier about Mark McLemore, but when you've got as much depth as you do, and you want to get different guys in the lineup, every time C.J. plays, he's he shows that he he belongs. Um, but being able to put him at different spots, it it's not just a luxury within the lineup, but it opens up, the, I think, so many other doors. Right.
0: It does, absolutely. Um, because you can get other guys in, you know. you can, And the fact that – imagine if, if C.J. moved around or really was not good at any position, let's just say that, but he's doing what he's doing offensively. He's locked into the D8 slot, right, if that happens. Well, Ben Fitzgerald's doing pretty well in that spot, mm-hmm. you know. So then you lose a hitter there, and, and having that versatility is huge. It really is. I mean, guys – we're referencing MacLamore. I mean, guys make careers out of it. Andy Sheets, you know, who lives right here and from Gonzales, and he made a living being a utility guy. Could play everywhere, all over the field.
1: And I, I, talking to CJ last night, he was asked about it. He was like, I love it. He's like, the more positions I can play, the better chance I have to get on the field. I mean, Absolutely. it's that simple. Absolutely. You know? um, have you ever had a player in your time coaching that, you don't have to name them. That maybe you wanted to move around, but just just was hell bent on playing a single position. Like is the, it the is play, it normal? you mean the player was yeah. hell bent on?
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's there's been a few, but so, not often do you get a guy that that is that. Most selfish. of them want to just be right. They 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 embrace the utility aspect. Right. They love the game. They want to play. I mean, coach, you know where do you need me. Yo, you need me here? Do you have that glove for me? If you do, yeah, I'll go. If not, I'll go get that glove for myself, you know. That's what – and one of the things Coach talked about yesterday or, or a couple of days ago prior to the game is is, you know, everybody being involved, everybody being a team guy, and whatever job needs to be done, you know, we need 40 hands going up saying, I'm your guy. You know, you need me to change that bag in that trash can I'm your guy need me to come get an out in the seventh against this lefty I'm your guy you need me get a pinch hit in the bottom of the ninth I'm your guy you need a defensive replacement you know I'm your guy you need me to keep a good chart I'm your guy and when 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 you can have guys that have that mentality and mindset and don't mind who gets the credit you can do some crazy special things
1: um associate head baseball coach Anthony Babineau, our guest. I'm Scott Prather. It's the Great Scott Show. Sponsored by Suit Up. If you're listening on the stream, the ESPN 1420, listen live player, desktop, mobile device, or mobile app, and in connected cars and smart speakers. It's brought to you by Champagne's Market and the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Got a few more emails, uh, some questions about Drake Osborne, which uh, I know we addressed last night, but I think folks uh, maybe haven't heard yet. We will, uh, we'll we'll get, get to your email questions. Uh, we'll be talking with... Bab, a little bit longer and uh, one more question for me in rep- in, in, um, in regards to the approach in practice to batting. A little bit different than the last one I asked. It took me a little too long to get to the question, but um, I thought you answered it well. Anthony Babineau, I'm Scott Prather. We're right back right after this. It's ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com and the ESPN 1420 app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suit Up. I'm Scott Brather, Louisiana associate, head baseball coach Anthony Babineau, our guest, and uh, tonight's Louisiana taking on at McNeese State. Coach Deg said he kind of wants to throw Perrin, but uh, he said it's just going to be a lot of guys tonight. Uh, do we know yet officially who will start and what's uh, what's the approach to another midweek game in the course of this? Thirteen game over seventeen day stretch.
0: Well, Austin Perrin will get the ball to start the game, but we will throw a lot of guys. It's going to be a all hands on deck. You know, the fifth game. Well, not the fifth game. It's the second game of a five game week. But those five game weeks, you've got to have a lot of personnel, and fortunately, fortunately that we do to to kind of get us through that. You know, but the approach is going to be just like all the others. It's to go out and and play with extreme intensity, play for each other and and not worry about who gets the credit. And if if we can do that then we've got a chance, you know, if if things deviate from that plan then we may not have success. So, but you know, controlling things that we can control and then let the chips fall where they may. So, but a lot of guys are going to pitch. I think it's going to take a lot of guys, McNeese, they're going to get after us, they really will. You know, the thing about where we where we are is we're, we're sort of putting a a target on our on our chest or our back you know because we've gotten off to a good start and people are gonna they're gonna want to get after us they will you know which that happens whether we've got a target on our back or not you know we we know that we embrace that and and uh but we accept that challenge I'd rather it that way than the alternative that's for sure
1: it's it's crazy that it's this is the last I would call traditional five game week you guys have of the year now. We reference some of those four-game series where you play a weekend series, then a game on Monday. That's um, in the case of Coastal, an extra nine conference game, or with TCU, it's it's a four-game series. So you do have some some weeks where you have five games, but this is that last one that I think fans just over the years Tuesday, Wednesday, and that's you know another just odd thing about the schedule this year. But I know as a guy that makes the schedule, you had to um, you know you, you had to you had to improvise. And I know some fans were disappointed that you know you weren't able to play Virginia Tech and and I know that chef's having a, a really good year and things like that. But I think overall with the schedule you were able to put together, Bab, I mean you got uh, we, we talked about how good La Tech is. You had LSU at, at home last week. You go to Starkville next week against Mississippi State. You have a weekend slate at Southern Miss. You got TCU. I mean overall, I mean Houston Baptist is a program that folks. They might not know the intricacies of it, but they've seen that name before in regionals. So sure. Absolutely. Is, I, I think, overall with the schedule you guys have laid out, um, I don't know. I typically I hear a lot of complaints about the schedule just because I because fans just you know want to complain about various things, which is because they're, they're passionate. I hadn't really heard too many. I think everyone outside of man, it would have been nice to play that team we couldn't play, but not like, what's up with the schedule this year? Right. I mean, I imagine you probably haven't gotten as many complaints as well, or am
0: I wrong on that? No, there has been no complaints. Not like whenever <laughs> I scheduled St. Peter's, that's for sure, and 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 they went winless on the season. I surely got complaints. And, and he, he almost heard, threw that no hitter. And he didn't heard heard things that first uh, night that year. But no, I think our schedule is is tough. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, it was the strength of schedule was was number one in the country, and and so when you have a TCU, and I mean the names that you mentioned, you know, we substituted the series that we lost were FIU to open up the series season here and Virginia Tech. And you replace that with Tulane and Houston Baptist. That's, that's doing pretty well. I mean, fortunate for us, we were able to get that series with Tulane. You know, they were supposed to have, I forget who they were supposed to have come down, but they had to cancel. So, we're able to to get that series done and and have success uh, against them and, but TCU, LSU, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, you know, you mentioned Houston Baptist. No, it's it's a good schedule. It's a it's a tough schedule. It's a rugged schedule. So we like it and and but that's what we like to do. We like playing tough schedules because we just think that it'll get us better for the long run.
1: And. Um... Drake Osborne last night popped his shoulder out the socket. Uh, what's what's? I got a number of emails about that, but what's his status right now?
0: Well, probably a couple of weeks. It's happened to him before. It happened during the summer, and he said, you know, treatment and, and a little rehab, and a couple of weeks he was good to go. Hopefully that's the case again. So, But it is good to know that it, it has happened before, and he's been able to come back and play at a high level. So hopefully a couple of weeks, you know, and he'll be ready to go. So... You know, in his absence, Nick Hagedorn, Julian Brock, they'll, they'll step in. And, yeah. And I have no doubt that they'll get the job done.
1: Depth comes into play right there. All right, my, my final question for you, Ben. We were talking about an approach to a specific question in regards to hitting earlier. Um, as a guy that's that's worked here for a while, what how different is Degg's approach, the Wolfpack approach, um, how different is p- hitting in practice under that than perhaps some others. And I know he was here, you know, for a stretch, but is it a big difference from, you know, uh, two years ago in terms of the approach and practice, or is it more a couple of small things here or there?
0: Well, you know, first of all, like the the pack approach, uh, the pack is a a mentality, really, um, as far as how you go about do things. And there's different categories within the pack, as far as hitting, I mean, hitting is hitting, kind of. You know, you, you've got to—everybody kind of does it the same way. Now, you can—there can be different philosophies as far as how you're going to two-strike hit or certain zones that you're going to look in, in in certain counts. But as far as practice goes and, and what's the difference between, you know, him and, and others— not really that much, to be honest with you. Uh, the thing that's the most different is, you know, the pack mentality and the pack approach that Matt has created and that he, you know, had when he was here as an assistant and then has with him now as the head coach. So that's the, the biggest difference is that within the within the offense, there's different categories. Guys' jobs are, are, are different, and they're required and— um, supposed to what's the word? <laughs> the word is eluding eluding uh, me right now. Um, expected to do that job, you know, their job duty or function within the confines of the team or the pack. So that's really the biggest difference, as you know, as far as practice goes. We hit off machines like we've hit off machines throughout my 27 year career. We take BP the way we take BP. You know, there's you get 40 minutes to do it whether it's now it's been the same so there's only a certain amount of things you can get in but like i said that's that's really the big difference uh, it's it's not so much of hey stand like this to hit versus the other guys said stand like this it, it's more so the mentality and and like i said the pack approach it's, it's and not
1: the, an inside baseball thing it's a mentality thing
0: absolutely there you go
1: anthony babino has been our guest bab always appreciate you coming in man um congrats to uh to your daughter on the state championship and uh, to you guys on the good start to the season. We'll have the game tonight. Five thirty pregame, six o'clock for me state, Houston Baptist this weekend on ninety-six five KPL for a three-game slate. Appreciate it, man, and um all the best. We'll talk to you again next week.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, sir.
1: All right, that is Anthony Babino. I'm Scott Prather. Up next, Steve Pelliquin with Beyond the Game right here at ESPN 1420 and .com.